The Little Mermaid. Far out in the ocean, where the water was very blue, lived the sea king and his six beautiful daughters. The youngest was the prettiest of them. Her skin was as clear and delicate as a rose petal, and her eyes as blue as a pair of glittering gemstones. But like all the others, she had no legs or feet, but a fish's tail. She was an interesting child. Quiet and thoughtful, and nothing gave her as much pleasure as to hear about the world above the sea told by her grandmother. Her old grandmother told her all she knew of the human world. When you have reached your fifteenth year, said the grandmother, you will have permission to rise up out of the sea, to see great ships sailing by, and see both forests and towns on the land. The little princess couldn't wait to be fifteen years old. Then she could rise up out of the sea to see the world up there and all the people who live in it. The years flew by, and at last she reached her fifteenth year. Well, now you can rise out of the sea to see the human world, said her grandmother. Let me make you beautiful. And she placed a wreath of white sea lilies in her hair. As light as a bubble, she rose to the surface of the water. The sun had just set as she raised her head above the waves. The clouds were tinted with gold and crimson. The sea was calm, and a large ship lay still on the water, while joyous music and song could be heard on board. The little mermaid swam close to the cabin windows. She looked in through the clear glass window panes and saw a number of well dressed people inside. Among them was a young prince, the most handsome of all, with large black eyes. He was turning sixteen, and his birthday was being celebrated with much rejoicing. It was getting very late, yet the little mermaid could not take her eyes from the prince and return home. Suddenly the sea became restless, and a moaning, grumbling sound could be heard beneath the waves. Soon the sails were quickly unfurled, and the ship sped up her passage. As the waves rose higher, heavy clouds darkened the sky, and lightning appeared in the distance. A dreadful storm was approaching. The big ship staggered at high speed on the roaring sea. The waves rose as high as the mountains. The ship groaned and creaked, and the thick planks gave way under the lashing of the sea as it broke over the deck. The mainmast snapped, and the ship lay on her side, water rushing in. The little mermaid knew that the prince was in danger. She quickly swam among the beams and planks, which were strewn along the surface of the sea, forgetting her own safety. Finally, she managed to reach the young prince, who was quickly losing strength in that stormy sea. His limbs were failing him, and his eyes closed, but the little mermaid came to his rescue just in time. She held his head above the water and let the waves take them toward the shore. In the morning, the storm had stopped, and the sun rose up red and glowing from the water. Its light shined on the prince, and color returned to the prince's cheeks, but his eyes remained closed. The mermaid kissed his forehead and wished that he would wake. They came in sight of land. She saw lofty blue mountains, on which the white snow rested. Near the coast were beautiful green forests, and close by stood a church. She swam with the handsome prince to the beach and laid him on the sand, raising his head high in the warm sunshine. Then bells sounded at the church, and a number of young girls came into the church garden. The little mermaid swam out from the shore and placed herself between some high rocks that rose out of the water. 
She covered her head and neck with the foam of the sea so that her little face would not be seen and watched to see what would become of the poor prince. It wasn't long before she saw a young girl approach him where he lay. The mermaid saw that the prince had woke up and smiled upon those who stood around him, but he had no idea that she had saved him. This made her very unhappy, and when he was carried away into the great building, she dived down into the water full of sorrow and returned to her father's palace. The prince's palace was at the waterfront, so the mermaid often swam to the bankside to see the prince. Many evenings she saw him sailing in a beautiful boat with music playing aboard. She heard the fishermen talk about the many good things the young prince had done. As she grew more and more fond of human beings, she wished more and more to be able to wander among those whose world seemed to be so much larger than her own. The mermaids could live for three hundred years, but they didn't have the soul of a human, and this made her long even more to live like mankind. She could not forget the charming prince, nor her sorrow that she did not have an immortal soul. So she slipped away silently out of her father's palace and took the road to the foaming whirlpools where a powerful sorceress lived. Beyond the whirlpools stood her house in the center of a strange sea forest where the branches of the trees were long, slimy arms with worm-like fingers. The little mermaid was so frightened that she stood still before the woods and her heart beat with fear. I know what you want, said the sea witch. You want to get rid of your fish's tail and have human legs instead, so that the young prince may fall in love with you and that you may have an immortal soul. And then the witch laughed loud and disgustingly. Ha 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 ha! I will prepare a drink for you, with which you must swim to land tomorrow before sunrise and sit down on the shore and drink it. Your tail will disappear and shrink up into human legs. You will feel great pain, as if a sword were passing through you. With every step you take, it will feel as if you were treading on sharp knives. If you're willing to bear all this, I will help you. Yes, I will, said the little princess in a trembling voice, as she thought of the prince and the immortal soul. But think again, said the witch, for when once your shape has become like a human being, you can no more be a mermaid. You will never return through the water to your father's palace again. And if you do not win the love of the prince and make him love you with his whole soul, enough to marry you, then you will never have an immortal soul. The morning after he marries another, your heart will break and you will become foam on the crests of the waves. I will do it, said the little mermaid firmly. But I must be paid also, said the witch. You have the sweetest voice of any who dwell here in the depths of the sea. So this voice you must give to me in exchange for the precious drink. But if you take away my voice, said the little mermaid, what shall I, how shall I? Your beautiful form, said the witch. Your graceful walk, your expressive eyes. Well, have you lost your courage? Put out your little tongue that I may cut it off as my payment. Then you shall have your drink. So it shall be, said the little mermaid, bending her head. And then the witch took away her voice, and the little princess became dumb, not able to sing or speak. When she saw the prince's palace from the shore, the moon was very bright and glowing. 
The Little Mermaid drank the magic potion, and just as the witch had said, it seemed as if a sword went through her delicate body. She swooned and fell, looking as if she was dead. When the sun arose and shined over the sea, she awoke and felt a sharp pain. But before her stood the handsome young prince. He fixed his coal-black eyes upon her so earnestly that she cast down her own, and then became aware that her fish's tail was gone, and that she had as pretty a pair of legs and tiny feet as any little maiden could have. But she had no clothes, so she wrapped herself in her long, thick hair. The prince asked her who she was and where she came from, and she looked at him mildly with her deep blue eyes, for she could not speak. The prince led her hand and guided her in the palace. Every step she took was as if she was treading upon sharp knives, but she bore it willingly and stepped as lightly as a soap bubble hand in hand with the prince so that he and all who saw her wondered at her graceful, swaying movements. Very soon, the prince had her dressed in costly robes of silk and muslin, and she was the most beautiful creature in the palace. But she was dumb and could not express her joy. When the music began to play, the little mermaid raised her lovely white arms, stood on the tips of her toes, and glided over the floor, dancing beautifully. Every movement was so graceful that everyone was enchanted. But each time her foot touched the floor, it felt as if she danced on sharp knives. While at the prince's palace, and when all the household was asleep, she would go to the broad steps near the sea and ease her burning feet by bathing them in the cold seawater. She thought of all those below in the deep. As the days passed, the prince loved the princess more and more. Do you not love me most of all? The eyes of the little mermaid seemed to say when he kissed her forehead. You are dearest to me, said the prince, for you have the best heart, and you are the most devoted to me. You are just like the young maiden who saved my life from the raging sea. I barely remember her, but she is the only one in the world whom I could love. <sighs> he still doesn't know that it was I who saved his life, thought the little mermaid, and she sighed deeply. Several days later, the prince obeyed the king's order to visit a neighboring country. And when he met the princess that lived there, he believed she was the maiden who saved him on the beach. So he decided to take her as his wife. The little mermaid felt as if her heart was already broken, but she still kissed his hand and managed to smile to express her blessing. A few days later, a grand wedding ceremony was held for the prince and the princess of the neighboring country. Cannons roared and beautiful flags were waving. In the center of the ship stood a royal tent, and the sailors danced merrily on the deck. The little mermaid joined in the dance, and all present cheered her with wonder. She had never danced so elegantly before. Deep in the night, the little mermaid went out on the ship deck and looked towards the east for the first blush of morning, for that first ray of dawn would turn her to sea foam. Suddenly, she saw her sisters rising out of the water, but their long, beautiful hair was not waving in the wind. They had given their hair to the witch in exchange for a knife. They told her that before the sun rises, she must plunge the knife into the heart of the prince, and she would change back into a mermaid, and her life would be spared. The little mermaid was so torn. She opened the curtain of the tent and looked upon the fair bride with her head resting on the prince's chest. She looked at the prince's happy, smiling face, and she could not bear to raise the knife in her hand. 
She bent down and kissed his face, and then flung the knife far away from her into the waves, and then threw herself from the ship into the sea, and waited for her body to dissolve into foam. The sun rose above the waves, and its warm and soft rays fell on the cold foam of the little mermaid. The little mermaid had turned completely to foam, which rose up into the sky and floated away on a rosy cloud.